Evan, happy Thursday, buddy. Welcome to episode four of Q the Duck Boats podcast. How are you feeling today? You know, I'm doing good. We have the Patriots going on about an hour, so can't complain. About to get our fifth straight win playing the Falcons. So I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I think after last week, I think the Patriots have really instilled a lot of confidence in everybody, even me as a non Pats fan. I I think they're legit now. I really do. But I think we're going to get into that a little bit further. But um, yeah, I think the Patriots will forever beat the Falcons um, after the 28 to three Super Bowl. I don't think the Falcons will ever beat the Pats again. I, I don't know. They just they yeah, might not. We did watch that together. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did watch. We watched that in your dorm room. I remember you made a lot of good food and I could not believe that comeback. I wish we had bet on that. That would have been a wild one. But on Ooh. that halftime would have been a nice pay. Yeah, there have been some rich men right now. Probably not. We would have put like 20 bucks on it, but <laughs> yeah. we're broke college kids. Yeah, either way. But, um, you know, just as usual, we're gonna get things kicked off. Let's talk about our beautiful, our one and only, our Boston Bruins. How do you feel about the Bruins the last couple of games? I think they're starting to find their stride, in my opinion. I know, I guess the Bruins have played really one game since the last time we talked. Um, sadly, it just been terrible with the schedule. It's been pitiful, I would say, the way the Bruins right. schedule's been. Yeah, it makes no sense how you have a game on Sunday and then you have a game till Saturday. And we're playing back-to-back. We go Sat-Sunday. It's, it's just fantastic. Yeah, it's like, who oh, makes these schedules, man? It's like, come on, they hate Boston. They are teams, teams who have played 18 games. We've played 13. It's just ridiculous. I guess, like, the only thing where it really does benefit the Bruins is we're not too healthy right now. I mean, we're not terrible, but, like, we want to get Smith healthy. Felino, a couple more days, I'm sure won't hurt him. Any days off for Berg, he's good, so – as much as we complain as fans and I know the players themselves want to get into a rhythm, it's not terrible right now. I mean, rather have it now, right? I guess. I don't know. Not really. I'd rather have it down the stretch, but whatever. They're going to have an Olympic break and an all-star break. So for a good majority of our team, they'll get a, they'll get a good amount of time off later in the year. We got to look at it like, you know, Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasta, McAvoy, they're not going to get a break. And those are our horses. So they're all still going to be playing. Yeah. If we do get that uh, Olympic break, you see that today, Joe Biden was the boy about the Beijing Olympics. So. Yeah, we're never going to get too political on this podcast, but we are definitely not for Joe boycotting the Olympics. I don't. I mean, I mean, hockey. Yeah, you want like these guys? These athletes yeah. work so hard, not just hockey, but like all athletes. Like this is what they prepare it's for. It's not even about politics. Like it's not about right. politics. The Olympics does not need to be about politics. That's uh, nothing should be about politics. Our own politics are a joke. Nothing should be about politics. It should just be about humans. And like, I get it. Like I get, I actually like don't, I mean, a lot of it is that China's doing a lot of inhumane things, which obviously we don't support, but still, I, I mean, we it's want hockey. Long, man. I want to watch Olympic hockey so bad with NHL players. And I don't I know if that's self-centered or selfish. Man. I, yeah, love I love curly. I love bobsledding too. Like there's winter Olympics is so great. I even, I like the skating. I like watching skating. Dude, like shout I, out the Jamaica bobsled team. Yes, unreal. I love it. Those guys slide it. fast. They slide fast. But, you know, I just, yeah, I really hope we go to the Winter Olympics. I really do. I actually meant to throw that on our topics, and I didn't, but that, that's, that's a good bring up for sure. Yeah, I mean, the Bruins schedule sucks. But, and I think the biggest, like, problem with it is our defense needs to find their stride. And 
they haven't been. I did like what I've seen the last couple of games actually out of Zaboral. I think he's came in and played pretty good. Um, and, you know, that's pushed Mike Riley up into the press box. And that might be a little bit of a wake-up call. I liked the Riley we got, you know, after the trade deadline last year, a lot more than the Riley I'm seeing early in the season. I think I brought it up before in the podcast. I know I brought it up to you, and I think I brought it up to my dad too, talking about it. He, he rushes the puck a lot, and he just makes the wrong decision at the last second. And that results in turnover after turnover. And at a certain point, it just that can't fly in the Bruins. This isn't the Ottawa Senators. But how do you feel about the decor so far? Yeah, he said they're making the strides, and especially with Charlie's big night finding his offensive rhythm. So it's definitely nice seeing that. And they're making them good plays, they're getting in the passing lanes, getting the turnovers. But there's still there's like the sloppy plays that are turning some of these goals, and it's like, come on, like, um, and that Montreal's first goal, it's like, yeah, I just let him walk right in. It's like, come on, guys. So there's definitely, there's always progress to be made, but it's definitely good to see, and they are making the strides, and we are coming along, and still early in the season, and we got like 60 games to go, so. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, it's like, I look at it and as much as like, it's, it's still the early season. You have a lot of new pieces on that back end who need to get used to each other. So I'm sure they will. And I want nothing more than like a guy like Zaboral to step up. I mean, we, we spent a first round draft pick on him and I haven't hated what we've seen of him ever. I haven't loved it. I haven't hated it. And some guys take time. Obviously we've given him a lot of time, but all it'll take is him to find a stride and get a couple of games. If he could be another good defender for us or a guy like Vakaninen, who's down in Providence, who another guy we spent a first round draft pick on. I just like one of these defensive picks to hit. And I think the Bruins do have good defensemen down the pipeline. Um, you know, and Mason Lowry and guys like um, Jamie Langenbrunner's son. I don't know if it's Mason too, but they, we have like guys who are like, they, they look to be good defensemen coming up, but they're not here yet. And they're still a few years out. So, we either need to develop this group we have or make a move for somebody else. There's another veteran up there. I think it's the biggest thing, but we got to give it a little more time, right? I, I like to say 13 games is a good measuring stick, but it's still not. And, you know, you look at our last games, right? We beat the Senators, the Oilers, we beat ourselves. Then we beat the Devils, we beat the Canadians. If we come out and beat the Flyers on Saturday, I'll be feeling a lot better. You know what I mean? Three wins in a row is big and it's needed. So, well, I think our next podcast will have a little bit more of a look. You know, before we record again, we're going to have Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday Bruins games. So we'll have some time to really look at things and get an even better idea of what our team looks like. You know, we're going to play a, a gritty Flyers team, a fast Flames team, and that young Sabres team we should beat up on. So it should show a lot, really, of what we have. So I'm interested to see. Um, but it's, it's been up and down, in my opinion, with the decor. One thing I do think we're starting to see is Jeremy Swayman become our number one goalie? I'm interested to see who starts tomorrow. I am. I, w- I wonder if it's out yet. I'm not exactly sure. Had a busy day at work. Have not checked the game notes, but I think I, it's not. Oh, not even tomorrow. Sorry, it's Saturday. So we don't even know who the starting goalie is yet. I would be surprised if Swayman gets his third start in a row, but I wouldn't be surprised if Bruce wants to give him a redemption game. Remember, he got lit up the first game against Philly. Lit up. That was the first time it's happened to him. And I wouldn't be surprised if Bruce gave him the nod. He clearly is starting to to push to be that 1A. I mean, he started him the Devils, and he started him again against the Cavs. So that means something. How do you feel? Do you think Swayman's starting to pull forward? 
Yeah, he's definitely he's looking the part and, and the confidence. And I think having the backing from Bruce, the team, the veterans, it's definitely he's giving him that boost and allowing him to play to, um, to what he's capable of. And that's like his whole career too. Like you look back and you see what his college coaches said and like how critical he is on himself. All he wants to do is be the best, be the best goalie, best player, be the best person on the ice. Like, so having that confidence instilled like from himself and from the team, it's definitely it's showing, especially in these last two games. So it's definitely exciting to see. I agree. Like, I actually feel the exact same way. Like, I think that's what I think that's what I saw in that Montreal game. You saw a confidence, Wayman, right? That one puck comes off the half wall and trickles in. That happened. Tuka let a lot of those goals in too, like that, those soft goals, but he didn't let in the goals he should stop. You know what I mean? Like the, the cross creases, he was saving them, the shots that he was saving them. He looked confident. Obviously, I don't love that one that went in, the one off the sidewall, but still, it's like clear the pucks out. Don't let him get that shot on that. But either way, I, I like what we're seeing this, Wayman. And I don't hate what I'm seeing out of Olmark. I really don't. And I, I think he's getting a lot of like pushback, but I, I think Olmark's been pretty good himself. So I don't. I'm not freaking out about our goalie situation, especially with the prospect of Tuca coming back. That leads me to the question, though. It's like if Swayman pulls away and he's our 1A and we re-sign Tuca and he pushes, then it's just it's such a confusing situation. I don't want to talk about the same points every week because we did it last week, but it's just it's still there. And I'm so interested to see where it goes. I guess it's like um, it's a good problem to have, right? Like what if someone gets hurt? It's a great problem to have, but still it's just – a weird allocation of money. And I, I'll never, I think if the Bruins re-sign Tuca and he ends up coming back and he's playing for us, I just can't fully believe that Bruce was on board with us going out and getting a veteran goaltender. I just can't. If Swayman ends up winning out and Tuca comes back, I'm just going to feel like it's just, it was a weird move, but we'll see. We really will. It's kind of a wait and see type situation. Um, you know, the only, only other really thing I have from just, last couple games I've seen in the Bruins lineup Taylor Hall was getting a little hate for a couple games there he looked really good in that game against Canadians on his birthday he looked really good and it was nice to see Bruce put him out at the end of the game and pasta passes it to him to get the empty net goal on his birthday I think that was good I also think we're starting to see dynamic David Pasternak back he's starting to move the puck again he's not when pasta's not playing well he still sometimes scores but he's not being as creative you can see it. He has the jump coming back, and he's starting to get creative again. Marshawn's playing out of this world. Bergie's Mr. Consistent. And Coyle's yeah. playing great, too, right? He has to bring that up, dude. Coyle looked yeah. great, especially when they had that, little, that yeah. one goal where he roofed it. That's like, the Charlie Coyle that oh, I thought that we nice. were getting, and we didn't get last year because the knee. I think that if we have him there like that, Felino or Smith, one of them are going to work great on the other side of those two guys, and the other one's going to help lead our third line we could be okay. And that's where I'm like settling down from last week's negativity with the Bruins where I'm kind of like, okay, everything's going to be all right. But that, you know, I think when we have some quieter weeks in the NHL, like last week, you know, not anything too crazy going on compared to the week before with Eichel and uh, Bob Murray and everything that was going on the week before. I think, I think we're going to start to highlight some teams just throughout the league and talk about one team a week other than our Bruins. And I think I want to start this week right from the top. We'll start with the Anaheim Ducks. Kev, how do you feel about the Ducks? I mean, I look at them and I'm like, are they for real? Because they just might be. They're in the weakest division in hockey. And they, they're they getting wins, right? They're sitting there right now. And in their standings, what are they in? They're in they're first. They're in first place, right? They're above Edmonton. Yeah, they're in first point. place. They've played two more games, so that that's that. But they're 10-4-3. Yeah. 
they're showing that they can be a legit team. The young talent that we've been waiting on for this Ducks team. And is they finally won eight here. straight. That's huge. Like, they push straight together like that. They're finally here. And I, as I've said, I've always been kind of a closet Ducks fan. Like as a kid, I was a Ducks fan because I loved watching Mighty Ducks and I loved Paul Correa. And I mean, not, I was always a Bruins fan, but that was my second team. And, you know, you have, you have some young Americans kids there who are just pushing it. Troy Terry has 21 points in 16 games. He has 11 goals and 10 assists. Do you know who Troy Terry is, Kev? No, I do not. Yes, yeah, I figured you wouldn't. So Troy Terry, um, back in when Charlie McAvoy's World Junior year, Troy Terry was on that team, and they won they won World Junior gold at the U18s. Troy Terry went like four or five times in a row in a shootout to win the game, and he scored every time. So yeah. he was such a high-end offensive player, and it's just he got into the NHL, right? Last year – he played in 48 games, had 20 points. This year, he has 21 points in 16 games. It's unreal. He is coming out absolutely firing. And I always thought he was going to be this player, and I'm just glad to see he's doing it. Yeah, I think the big thing with the with the Ducks, too, it's a good mixture of young and the veterans. The veteran guys that have been there still, like, gets off and gets a thousand career point. That's huge. Awesome. It's huge. It's awesome. And look at him. Getzloff has 18 points in 17 games. He's over a point per game. It's mostly assists. He has one goal, 17 assists. But I think the kids that are around him are starting to really like give him life. I think one of the most fun players to watch in the whole NHL right now is Trevor Zegers. Young American kid who's out there. He's starting to get streaky now. He has 10 points in 15 games. He scored two goals in his last two games. He is starting to ball. He, he scored a game winner the other day in overtime through a stick into the crowd. He's a fun kid. If you listen to any interviews with him, he's a fun kid. And he is, um, he is so dynamic and it's, it's fun to see. And then you have like Sony Milano is playing pretty good. And then they have Sam Steele, another guy who was a higher draft pick Raquel on that team. They're not bad. They never were Mason McTavish who was a first round pick. They have young talent who's good and they have a good back end. You look at, you look at um, Hampus Limholm, good player, Jamie Drysdale going to be a great defenseman, Cam Fowler, who is a stud who no one talks about. Their team is good. Yeah, and they have Shattenkirk, too. And so it's just, they said it's those veteran guys. And then you still have Ryan Kessler, who's injured. So when he comes back, too. No, Ryan Kessler's not coming back. He's on long-term IR. He's done for um, That was um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Look, see, Kev is a, Kev's a football fan. He's a hockey fan, too, but. Just sticks more to the Bruins. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Kessler's done forever. He does a podcast, but he'll be forever on the um, lineup. So my big guys, my long term IR there. This is why we have Jake with me. Yeah. But um it's great. I think I think now it's time to get into some football talk. But before we do that, remember that our podcast is in partnership with Inside the Rink. Check out Inside the Rink for all of your hockey news needs. Check it out for everything. We're going to get some betting talk on there. There's so many great articles on there already. And also remember Inside the Rink is sponsored by Fanatics. So if you need to get any licensed sports gear, click on that Fanatics link right on their website. Thank you, guys. And there's another topic about Inside the Rink. We've learned today there's a merchandise shop. So if you're on the website, and you want a coffee mug or shirt, sweatshirt, go check that out. They have some really cool things over there and support some good guys. So, Yeah, most definitely. I um, I actually just bought a sweatshirt, so can't wait to wear it for an extra recording. I'll have it on, and I'll, be, I'll definitely get uh, get back to everyone on the quality, but it says heavy duty, so I trust the guys over there. It should be pretty, pretty HD. Yeah, let's jump into our football talk, right, Kev? We'll jump right off the topic, right off the top. Both of our teams won last week, so we're both happy, but – 
What do you expect for the Patriots tonight? I know most of you will listen to this tomorrow, but still, we'll see if you're right or you're wrong. What do you expect from the Pats? Yeah, no, I definitely expect a dominating win. Probably not a 45-7 to win like we had against the Browns. Yeah. But definitely they should win against the Falcons. I've seen a lot of people like, hey, maybe it's just like where our streak comes to an end. And the Falcons, they've had some tough losses and they get it going. But I just don't see it happening. Um, just the way our defense is playing right now and causing the turnovers. They and don't Matt have Ryan. Patterson either. Cordo yeah, Patterson's, Patterson's out. out. And Matt Ryan loves turning the ball over. He Absolutely. loves making he those. Loves it. He, loves, he it. loves making those throws. He shouldn't. Right so, down the pipe of the field, directly yeah. into a linebacker so, or safety's hands. Definitely should see McCordy or Kyler Duggar or Adrian Phillips again having an interception. Probably J.C. Jackson been a ball hawk all season. One of those guys will definitely definitely get an interception. I'm going to call that one. So, but the big thing to be interesting is the way we're going to handle the running back. Um, snaps like the game Stevenson had 100 yards, two touchdowns last week. And I'm pretty sure Damien Harris is playing tonight, he's back from his concussion. So, the way that Bill and McDaniels are gonna like handle who's gonna get the ball because you never know, like, uh, they may want to hold Harris back, still just ease him back in, but they can also just put him full. So, how's the things be like? One guy's into the goal line. Yeah, John o. Smith's back tonight, too. So we're getting Damian Harris yeah, and John o. Smith back. Yeah, I'm hoping John o. Smith comes back. Like he's been been very quiet this season. And where surprisingly, I really thought he was gonna be like the alpha dog of that offense. Yeah, no, just because like John o. Smith, he's athletic. Like he's such Super. an athletic beast that I thought they would get creative with him and move him around and do some different things. And I never think it was like happy with Hunter Henry. I've always been a Hunter Henry fan. When he's out there in San Diego, now LA. Um, so I was definitely happy with that. But yeah, I definitely was expecting them to both be doing well, especially the way our offense is. There's still time. There's still time, and he he's just getting like fully healthy. So and yeah, Matt Jones think, is fine. Is really coming up finally, but he's really starting to come into his own. So yes, they're letting him actually play. <laughs> they're letting is him Matt the ball Jones now. the real deal? So yeah, I'm gonna say Matt Jones is like. He had like he does. He has seven interceptions on the season, but these during his win streak, he really hasn't turned the ball. Yeah, and three of those interceptions came in that one game against New Orleans. So ever since that, he's really learned to like protect the ball, and he's such an accurate passer. Like right now, he's on he's on pace to break Dak's rookie um rookie record for passing percentage. I think Dak had like sixty seven percent and. Right now, Mac Jones at like sixty nine percent, so he definitely has the possibility to break that. And he's and like, so Jones isn't going to go out there and throw for three hundred yards right now. Like Dallas Curry, yeah, he will. But right now, he's making the throws he needs to. They're keeping the offense going, and you saw that a lot last week with like these ninety nine yard drives, and that was huge. Just keep going, keep going, getting the third down getting ahead on second now with the run game and then letting Jones make these passes. And then he's also thrown, like, shown that he can make put a little zip on the ball. That Kendrick Bourne touchdown was beautiful. He put it right there where the defenders couldn't get it and trusted the receiver to go up and make the play. And to have trust in your receivers like that, like, that's a big, it's a big thing for a rookie quarterback. So I'm definitely liking when I see a Mac Jones. Yeah, for sure. And I think another thing, just to like piggyback off your first thing there, I don't look much into interceptions with rookie quarterbacks. 
a lot of it's them learning how to read the NFL defenses, I think. And you, when they get to their sophomore and, you know, like third year, fourth year, it kind of like that, that kind of stops. Look at a guy like Peyton Manning he led the NFL in interceptions his rookie year. He's fucking a hall of famer. It's Peyton Manning. So I don't like, I don't look too much. If it's not like a huge turnover issue with Mac Jones, I really don't think it is. Like it's not. So yeah, and, and a couple of them were as... tip balls. Like a few of them are tip balls. So I really yeah, it's don't. Not like... as bad as Daniel Jones. Who no, no. Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes throws feet fumbles too. Danny he fumbles Dimes, backwards bro. everywhere. It's so bad. Yeah. So and I don't. You never get worse than Mark Sanchez butt fumble against us. Yeah. No. So, definitely. Not. So I was not doing that. You gotta be pretty happy. Yeah, I've seen Romo do some shit, but still. Um... Yeah, Romo did some questionable stuff. <laughs> yeah, but. I, it brings me back to like when we looked at the, this draft, right? I never, it's so funny because I still think he'll have a great career, but I, from the start and I have not wavered have said, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to be the best quarterback from this draft. I also okay. was saying that I thought it was going to be Justin Fields, which, you know, he's actually, he's proven that he does have some juice in there, but I might feel that Mac Jones is going to be the best quarterback from that draft. I really do. He, he looks so consistent and he looks like an NFL quarterback. That's how he looked in college and the anti-Patriots fan in me and the anti, I'm also a Georgia football fan. So the anti-Alabama in me just didn't want to accept it. And now I'm like, I've watched him play now and I'm like, he, to me, he's legit. And I'm coming from an unbiased viewpoint and I think he's a really good quarterback. And I think that the Patriots have a deal with the devil or something. And Last year, Cam Newton was Cam Newton, and that sucked for them. And now it's it's time again, and you're going to have Mac Jones lead the way probably for the next decade. So, it, it yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, so on that, um, one thing I love was Tyron Matthew, his tweet. He's like, y'all hated Mac, the Mac Jones pick because he wasn't the swaggiest one, but now you love him, like classic New England fans. So that was definitely funny because, like, people around the league, they know it. Like, Boston fans um, are absolutely ruthless. The, the yeah, Boston fans ruthless. are so freaking ruthless. Like, they they come for everyone all the time. So it's like, yeah, of course they were going to be like, they yeah, they wanted Justin Fields. They wanted the, you know, long-haired guy or the, the running quarterback. Of course, but Boston fans were idiots. But yeah, Mac Jones might not be the sexy pick, but he looks like he was the right one. So I think that kind of that that's it about the Pats, really. The defense could if can the defense continue their dominance? I think so. I think that we I really didn't have many questions about the Patriots defense. They made the right moves coming in, you know. So yeah, I, so that was definitely one of the biggest things was um the free agent signings on the defense side. Like Matthew Judon, the Ravens are so dumb giving him up like it's crazy how good this guy is like it's a steal like bill always so, knows bill knows he knows man and even two years ago and adrian phillips like it was good and even kyle duggar drafting him last year like dude played d2 college and bill's like nah i'm gonna take this dude like the second round so now duggar's a legit and he has the respect of everyone on that team and how far he's come. So he's definitely an exciting person to watch, especially stepping in there, wearing Patrick Chung's number, which Patrick Chung gave him the blessing for. He's like, my guy, you're taking over for me. So I respect it. All right. Next, let's let's jump off the Patriots. I have a question for you. Do you think the San Francisco 49ers can make a second half push? They're currently sitting at four and five, but they just had a huge win over the LA Rams. And the rest of their season 
is interesting. It's interesting. So they play the Jags this week, right? Then they have the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Bengals, the Falcons, the Titans, the Texans, the Rams. So let's let's look at it like this, right? So win against Jaguars, win against the Vikings. I think they beat Seattle. Seattle looks like they have the last couple of weeks. They the Bengals are a toss-up. They beat the Falcons. They lose to the Titans. They beat the Texans. They had the Rams number. I think they're a playoff team. If they can yeah, no, I'm definitely a big fan of the 49ers. And um, they're finally healthy. That was their biggest thing. They didn't have George Kittle. George Kittle is huge. Is such he, a game to He's Dude, the straw he, that stirs the drink. Yeah, did you see what he did to Von Miller? Yeah. This man just annihilated Von Miller. Literally just took him out of the way. Like, this is blocking. Just he yeah. pancaked him. He just, it's like, no, he's obsolete. So what Kittle brings, like it was a young Gronk, like between the receiving and the blocking, it's not he's not one dimensional like Travis Kelsey. That's always my knock on Travis Kelsey. He doesn't do the blocking. He lines out wide. Great fantasy tight end, but you're right. Right, but he's not an overall like like the hybrid. You have the old school blockers and the new school catchers, and that's what Kittle is. So he definitely yeah. sets the tone on that edge and. That's why I love to see and having him back. Like he's been such a game changer, and just a, also as a safety blanket for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, which you've been able to tell with that, which is huge. And that's a big thing. If Jimmy Garoppolo is doing what Jimmy can do, it's definitely it changed that with like the athletes you have. Like Debo Samuel is just such an athlete. You put the ball. And so is Ayuk. Ayuk has right? he started the ball more, thing. but he's a great athlete. They, yeah, they have Ayuk, stud athletes. They really do have stud athletes. If Jimmy G can just, he's a game manager, right? He doesn't do anything flashy. He doesn't do anything terrible. He can just manage a game. So if you just let him, like, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And, and the big thing, and then you also got Jeff Wilson Jr. back. Yep. So, yeah. That, um, that, yeah. Another, that another athlete. Another yeah, exactly. Athlete. The speed on him. And Elijah Mitchell, you could have asked more from him. And you really haven't seen Trey Sermon either, which is kind yeah, of weird. which is weird. It's weird. I was expecting a lot from Trey Sermon. Me but... too. I, I don't think he's fit in well. I don't I don't know if he's rubbed the coaches the wrong way. Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of rubbing the coaches yeah. the wrong way. Which, it, was, it was him and Ayuk in that one week. But, yep. Yeah, I know. But Ayuk's come back, and having him, it's just – even like Debo, he's the focal point because even last week they ran the ball with Debo like eight times. They just want to get – they just want to get the ball in his hand and – the one thing I did hate was Debo, that Keneal Harry was drafted before Debo Samuel. <laughs> yeah. Sonk. Good job, Bill. Good job, man. Yeah, Bill's not the best at drafting receivers. but <laughs> Yeah, but he's All the right. best at finding the people. Yeah. All right. wants. I'm done with the Niners talk. Let's look at my team here. Big matchup this week. Big matchup this week for the Cowboys. This is a, you know another one of those are we the real deal games against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think Dak Prescott comes out and he blows the doors off the Chiefs defense. I really do. his full name, Dakota. 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 I think Dakota Prescott Dakota. comes out, and he blows, absolutely blows the wheels off of Patrick Mahomes, that whole team, the defense, the offense, Fat Andy Reid, everybody. We're taking them out. <laughs> We're taking them out. Dude, I really think Andy, we are. Let, let Andy Reid is cheeseburgers, man. That's true. I actually like Andy Reid. I, I do. He's a good coach. But He's I, a player's yeah. coach. No, he really is a good coach. I, I think the Cowboys win this game. Do you disagree? Yeah. No, I definitely think the Cowboys, they're going to win just like their defense. Yeah. Is, um, 
their defense is better than Kansas City's. And if they can stop Mika the run and make Parsons. Mahomes sit back there and Mika Parsons times, causes problems. Yeah, he's going to win defensive rookie of the year. Yep. No, no doubt about it. <laughs> yep. But, and as long as um, Trevon Diggs ain't just running around Dude. like a chicken with his head cut off. but does Remember he's like charged, us he's talking about Diggs three weeks ago, how he was like a, the GOAT? Like, So the thing is with Diggs, yeah. and if you looked at pro football focus or anything like that, they've been saying from the start that what Diggs was doing was as abnormal and he has not been the best cover corner. He is just a ball hawk. He gets lost in coverages. Dude, if you watch he those can videos, cover one on one. Nuts. He can cover one on one and make interceptions. When guys change direction, make a cut, and he has to drop into a different coverage, he looks all 30 possible directions and looks like he has his head severed off. And Tyree Kill is gonna take advantage of that. I agree. But I think Parsons is gonna do a good job. Of controlling Kelsey, and they're gonna make you go in. Yeah, so I, that's the thing, and that's what teams that's, have really been doing this year, and that's how they've been beating them. It's hey, you can and let Kelsey, Kelsey still gets his. He still gets his. Right, you can let Kelsey yeah, catch yeah, it, but, but just keep it in front of you inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just as long as Tyreek Hill's not blowing the top off your safeties and your corners, they're beatable. That will happen at least once, but I at least once because the Cowboys don't have the secondary for it. Yeah. Again, I, I wouldn't. So if he's going to run in a straight line, Diggs can keep up and Diggs can pick off the ball. So that's where we're going to see. You know what I mean? Like I do think a speed matchup wise, obviously no one can keep up with Hill, but Diggs can do an all right job with it. Um, it's just, hopefully they don't run anything too complex. Cause that, that man's gets confused. <laughs> that's all I got to say on that. Oh, definitely. But what do you got next for me? The can (laughs) revenge tour. This man is back. How how funny was it when I saw Cam Newton signing Carolina? I was like, no way. They're now paying Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, and Cam Newton. So yeah, we're gonna put that in perspective. (laughs) They're paying Cam's backup, Cam's backup's backup, and now they're paying Cam again to start. Yeah. Definitely full (laughs) circle. Full circle. But yeah, Cam like coming in right away and just <laughs> two TDs. No, yeah, not many plays. Had, yeah, when he had that first TD when he ran it in, they got the unsportsman like because how happy he was saying, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, he's, but, he's no, a wild man. You have to love Cam though. He's just such a fun guy. Yeah, exciting I don't know. Like he's happy. But no, I'm not saying, you know, but I've seen some people like, yeah, they're disappointed in what he did in New England. But it's just New England wasn't a good fit for Cam. That's not that's not Cam. Maybe a young Cam, but when the same go back to the franchise that drafted him number one overall, and he's so storied there, it's big. I'm happy for Cam. So yeah, I don't, he's, he's getting I, a I start this Sunday. Yeah, so. he is. I don't dislike Cam Newton. Like, I mean, go do whatever you're gonna do in Carolina. There, I, I don't see Carolina the playoff team. I think uh, I honestly think they brought Cam back to get fans in the stadium and sell jerseys and make some money off this year. I really do. Like I said, I don't know with a healthy McCaffrey now, though. I know, defense, I know, and defense. I mean they can just run that offense the way they used to and see how it goes. But I don't know. That's all I got on that. They're um, going to win if they had Luke Keekly back. But who who do you have right now as your wild card teams? Oh, that's a great question. So definitely in the AFC, no the, mine, dude, so. the AFC right now, like it's so even because you legit have 
let's see, you have eight teams that are pretty much all five and five, five and four, and that's all what your wild card is right now. So there's like there's four teams that are out of it, like Miami, the New York Jets, Jacksonville, Houston. They're all not making the playoffs this year. But definitely for the AFC wild card, if the Patriots overtake the Bills, it's definitely either, either be the Patriots or the Bills will definitely hold a wild card, depending on who wins that division. I think Pittsburgh is going to fade. Right now they have the number one wild because they're 5-3-1. and one. It's like, how do you tie the Lions? That is just sad. I know. I You know what's like, funny? I actually told you I liked the Lions in that game, and they tied. What it would have been a push, man. I know. <laughs> but I did like the Lions. Yeah, and that was just that OT is probably the most depressing thing to watch. Like fumble, miss field goal, punt, <laughs> fumble, interception. But yeah, I think the Chargers, they're back to their winning ways, even though they did just lose them Minnesota. But I think they're gonna figure it out. So I think they'll take one of the seeds. And then for my third one, hmm, I think Indy. Like Indy has to find a way to get in there. Like they're five and five right now. They're just the defense is so good. Do you think Indy over Cincy? Yeah, I just I really don't see Cincy can t- like Cincy's gonna be good. Don't get me wrong, but I just feel how tough Indy's defense is, and Jonathan Taylor is just he's a sicko. That man just can run, and as long as Carson Wentz doesn't throw stupid interceptions and make stupid plays. I think Indy will make it. They'll probably lose in the first round, but I think they'll make it. I think they'll, that'd be my third one. I'd round them out at three. What do you have? How are you feeling? I, I, kinda, I, I think the only one I would switch out is I think I have, I think I'm going to take Cincy. I'm going to take Joe Burrow to lead his team for the first playoff berth in a long time. Give me your, uh, give me your three from the NFC. I, I almost like from the, I like forget that. There's three this year. Actually, yeah, I kind of like it. Though. No, I like it. It's good. I, I think I, any like playoff football is so fun to watch. So like any more teams that can kind of get into the big dance, it's, it's cool to watch. Right, just like the March Madness expanded to the 68 now. So, well, I didn't even know that. that's awesome. Though. More under yeah, 64 to 68. That'll be fun. Which is huge. So definitely NFC wild card. Um, it's gonna be Arizona or LA. Because right now they're neck and neck. Arizona has a one-game lead, so definitely one of those two is going to take the number one. Um, I think I'm going to take San Francisco. I legit think the NFC West is going to have three playoff teams this year. So I agree. That, I agree. Yeah. I agree completely. And uh, is, I, I think New Orleans they'll find yeah. a way because yep. pretty much right now the only question mark is their quarterback. And if you can just figure that out, like that defense is. Pretty legit um, when they want to go and Marshawn Lattimore, the Mario Davis, those guys are good. Can't I agree completely. I, I so, mean, like you look at like the NFC East, like the Giants and Washington might not even get to seven wins. So yeah, and like, Philly, Philly may may not. Yeah, the Cowboys are going to win that division. They'll run away with it. I'm going to take Minnesota, Minnesota over Carolina. Minnesota's just had so That's, many heartbreak. What? That's four. Oh, really? You picked the Rams, the Niners, and the Saints. You can't pick Minnesota, too. Oh, man, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's Matt. okay. Matt is it's hard. Late. It's late. It's late. It's okay. Tough day. Uh, yeah. Tough day for you. 
But um, is, I think that's pretty much it for football news. Other than I guess we can touch on it's all speculative, but just heard that Antonio Brown gave the NFL a fake vaccine card. If that happened, I'm assuming he'll be suspended in some way. And he got ratted out from his chef. His chef, yeah, he didn't pay his chef, so he ratted him out. So who knows if that's the truth or not? Obviously, like AB surrounds himself, I think, with bad people a lot of the time, yeah. other than Brady. So who knows if this guy's telling the truth, but. AB has proven to us time and time again that he's a literal psycho on and off the field. So I would not be surprised if he gave us a <laughs> vaccine card. What's worse is like he had COVID this year, right? So like, let's say he's like out with COVID and he didn't have to go through all the expanded protocols because he gave him a fake vaccine card. It's so bad on so many levels. It's just like, oh man, this yeah, guy like, oh, yeah. No, like someone needs to just shake this dude, but I think he has been like, I don't, I don't even get it. Like he's just a wild human who like, and in no way do I like Antonio Brown at all, but it's just like he's a wild human. Yeah, that's why Jake tried trading me in fantasy to get Justin Jefferson and give me damn AB. I'm like, bro. Yeah, I didn't know if he had man, seen it. This man got a fake Vax card. I don't want this. Yeah, I didn't know if he had seen it yet. I was just trying to get rid of him. You know, for me, there's money in the line. But I think that kind of wraps it up for this week, dude. I, I mean, we can. I, let's touch on some bets, actually. Let's touch on some bets. Just a couple of quick ones. Oh, bets? Yeah. Fire, fire Batman? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fire Batman. I do want to fire Batman. But um, uh, we'll do hockey first because you said fire Batman. Saturday night, uh, actually Sunday, Sunday night at 7 p.m., Bruins against Calgary Flames. The Bruins are coming off a back-to-back. Uh, we're going to we're gonna take the over in this game. Even if it's five, I, I, hopefully it's five, but if it's five and a half, I think we're still going to take that. I think a lot of goals will be scored, especially on the back end of a back-to-back. Um, we'll tweet that one out and get it out there for you. Yeah, especially um, the Olmark's in goal. Yeah, I think we might see Olmark, and I think we might see um, Dan Vladar for the – Calgary. Oh, good old Dan. Yeah, I think I'd be I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't play him against us. So what do you have for football? Oh yeah, football. You have oh, it up. I have the it up. Ravens. What? Do you have it up? I have it up if you don't. Yeah, I do. Okay. I have it up, man. And just so you know, yeah. like Vladar's been good. He's he's three oh and one with a one point nine six goals against average and a nine three three save percentage. He's actually been awesome. But, Damn, we should have kept him and not signed Olmar. We did two together. <laughs> it just would have been tough, though, to run two young goalies. That I know. You know they thought about it, but that would have been tough. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'll get back to the football bet. So, we got the Ravens over the Bears. I think after last week, Lamar is not going to have another game like that. So, that's going to be a bounce-back game. So, we have Ravens, and then we have the Titans. They're playing Texans at home. And then... We had the 49ers over Jaguars in Duval. Yep. So that's a parlay Duval, of the Ravens, the 49ers, nice. and the Titans. That might give you just about even odds, but the money, I mean, it should be pretty for sure when there. So we hope. That's our, we well, hope. Yeah, we hope. We yeah. Hope. I mean, who knows? We don't need any more under. We're no experts. Though. Yeah. We'll tweet that one out. We hope. We'll probably bet it. We'll probably lose. But either way, uh, this was fun, Kev. Uh, it's been fun to do this for four weeks now, and I'm excited to keep this thing rolling. If you guys want to give us a follow, follow us on Twitter at Q the Duck Boats with a Z and uh, listen to the podcast, podcast, interact with our tweets. And I think next week we might try to have our first guest on the podcast. We'll wait and see about that. Have a good night, Kev. You as well, Jake. And to our followers, thank you again for coming listen to us, jibber jabber, and give you some bad betting advice. Have a good night. <laughs>